The title of my message today is Craving, Enslaving, and Saving. It all started with a craving. When the serpent tempted Eve, he questioned God's goodness and appealed to her desires. Genesis 3, 6 says that when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. The Bible provides numerous examples of those who gave into their cravings and experienced the consequences. Samson had a craving. He had a craving for ungodly Philistine women. Judges 14, 1-3 tells us that when Samson saw a young Philistine woman, he told his parents, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. No, go get her for me as my wife. His parents said, Isn't there an acceptable woman among your relatives or among all our people? Must you go into the uncircumcised to find a wife? But Samson said to his father, Get her for me. She's the right one for me. Again and again, Samson did what he wanted, yet he seemed, keyword, seemed to escape the consequences. Samson fell in love with Delilah. The rulers of the Philistines offered to pay Delilah to find the secret of his strength. Three times she asked him for the secret. Three times she tried to bind him using that secret. But each time when the Philistines came upon Samson, he escaped easily. But listening to your craving leads to enslaving. Eventually, Samson told her the true secret of strength. If his hair was cut, he would be like any other man. Delilah lulled him to sleep, much like the enemy tries to do with us spiritually. Judges 16, 19 through 21 says, After putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of his hair, and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him in bronze shackles, they sent him to grinding grain in the prison. How sad. Samson did not know that the Lord had left him. And isn't it ironic that his eyes, the very thing that drew him to the Philistine women, were gouged out? His spiritual blindness led to physical blindness. And Samson, who had boasted in Judges 15, 16, with a donkey's job, and I have made donkeys out of them. With a donkey's job, and I have killed a thousand men. Now Samson is bound, and he is doing the work of a donkey. James 1, 14 through 15 says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. However, Judges 16, 22 says, But the hair on his head began to grow after it had been shaved. Satan loves to see God's people enslaved. He loves to taunt them and explore them, just like the Philistines did to Samson. Ultimately, he loves it when we assume that all hope is gone. But his hair began to grow. His hair was a symbol of his dedication to God. It was a sign of the covenant that had been made with God. In spite of the depth of man's sins or how deep you've been enslaved, can you be thankful that Jesus still saves? Second Peter 3, 9, New Living Translation says that the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, some might think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. He wants everyone to repent. Even before his birth, God had a plan for Samson's life. The angel told his parents that he would be in Nazareth and that the Lord would use Samson mightily to deliver Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Verses 28 through 30 says, Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me just once more and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my two eyes. Then Samson reached towards the two central pillars on which his temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one, his left hand on the other. Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might, and down came the temple on all the rulers and all the people in it. Thus he killed many more when he died than while he lived. God has a plan for your life as well. If you've given in the things you've craved and found yourself trapped and enslaved, there is hope for you. You can be saved. The greatest human right is to know, no matter what bondage you're in, no matter how deep your sin, you can leave here with a grin. For the devil, you don't have to be slaving because Jesus is still saving. God is good. God is good. But God is doing a work in our students. 
Like I explained to you before, God has really pressed upon my heart to see our students grow in the knowledge of who he is. And that's to make the word of God most important thing in their lives. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see God move. I'm excited to see more and more teenagers come to know who God is. I'm excited to see this place filled with more people than we have room for. And I believe that's why our building is just in the near future. God wants, let me check it out. Mm. God wants his houses to be filled. It was not meant to be half filled. It was meant to be filled. Lennon's message which is really funny and ironic. Or not, uh, it's not really ironic. We serve the greatest God ever, and he knows exactly what's happening on a Sunday morning. The message that I felt God shared upon my heart is titled, What Are You Craving? And lo and behold, that's exactly what he does for a short sermon, craving and slaving and saving. So I'm like, this is pretty cool. We're really sandwiching it up together. We're tuned, you know what I'm saying? I didn't plan any of this. Let's say that, okay? God plans it all. Just as much as we want our teenagers studying scripture, just as much as it's important for our students to desire a longing for the Word of God. Imagine if all of our teenagers were a part of Bible quiz and not just for the sake of Bible quiz. Imagine all of our teenagers were studying, desiring Scripture because they knew that's the thing that's going to make them successful in life. Not only that, imagine if all of us adults here would desire to study Scripture. What would your life be like? What would it look like? Think about it for a second. Some of you guys are like, I don't know what that's going to look like. Some of you are like, desire scripture, what do you mean? We at Lighthouse, us adults, we need to desire the word of God. We need to crave who God is and what he says and the word of God itself. And you can watch your life be transformed. A few months ago, I preached about how hungry can we be. And this morning, it's like, what are you craving? What are you craving this morning? Let's pray. God, I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I pray, God, you bless and anoint every word that comes out. I pray, God, that every person here would understand and bring into light, God, something new. Lord God, that they can go home and start this and they would realize they have such a deep craving for who you are. So I thank you, God, and be with us in your precious name. And everyone said, amen. Turn to your neighbor and ask them, what are you craving? Could you imagine if each person simply turned and said, I'm craving the word of God. Let's start reading. You and I were like, okay, that's kind of weird. But the reality is, can we really start craving the word of God? Could we start understanding that God is our creator and that our relationship with God is the most important thing you and I have? It's not your car. It's not your family. It's not your money. It's not your job. It's not your boyfriend-girlfriend relationship. It's not your best friend. Our most important relationship you and I can ever have is our relationship with our Heavenly Father, the creator of the universe. What if we desired our relationship with God more than our job, more than our family? What would this world be like? What would your life be like? We serve the greatest and only God. He created you exactly how he wanted you. He needs you and wants you to do the most amazing, miraculous signs and wonders on this earth. God can do it, but then unfortunately, we give it to science. Science always comes up with a reason why things happen. Not that science is bad, but the reality is things happen because God started it. And things happen because God created it. But if you and I were to desire who God is and this word of God that we believe is fully inspired by God, uh, we believe that every word in here is for you today. We believe that every word in here was written by just mere mortals, but inspired by the heavenly creator. This is so much more important than doing your taxes. This is so much more important than anything else in your life. 
if we can just get to the point to understand, wow, that is important. This Bible is important. We would really experience all, everybody say all, all. that God has intended for us. You see, Webster Dictionary does, defines crave as to have a very strong desire for something. Could you imagine having a very strong desire for memorizing scripture? Could you imagine having such a very strong desire to know who God is? What are you desiring right now? What are you craving? Is the word literally your source for every answer? And not only that, are you going to crave God and desire God when your days are happy, when you're having a good time? Many of us, me included, when our backs are up against the wall, that's when we earnestly seek God. That's when we earnestly think, okay, maybe I should get back into church. Oh, maybe I should open this Bible, which I don't, I'm going to find it first we get our backs against the wall that we really pray and we really desire to hear God's voice today. But when things are good, things are happy when you pray. But when things are good, we just pray. God, blah, blah, blah. And that's a prayer. But we don't earnestly pray and want more of God because we don't feel like we need him right then and there. Could you imagine if we could flip the switch and we desire God at the same earnest level, at the same desire and longing when our backs are up against the wall than when we were having a great day? What could you really do for God? What would your life really look like? What would your family really look like? First verse is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. It says, Like newborn babies crave spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. And another translation in the New American Standard Translation, it says this, Like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word. You and I all know that little babies, they need milk. They need their mama's milk. They need it. And if they don't eat it, they're crying. And they're crying, and they're crying, and they're crying. But just like newborn babies need their mom's milk, you and I should crave the Word of God. Crave the pureness of what the Word of God is, because you want it. A newborn baby wants it and needs it. You and I need and should want the Word of God. It should be the very thing you and I wake up in the middle of the night, and instead of you know, having hunger pains for something else, that hunger pain should be for the Word of God. When you wake up in the morning, you should be craving the Word of God. You and I both, we all need to get to that level. We're not going to be perfect. We can't get perfect on this side of heaven. But the reality is, if we can try to train our lives to crave the Word of God, you can watch greater things happen in your life. Because the Word says so. The reality, like being a Christian is not very hard. People say there's so many rules and so many regulations. There's really not. If you just simply listen to the voice of the Lord, things add up. What God is telling you to do, you do it, things add up. And how I know this? Because there's scripture that says, if you do this, you do that. If you do this, you get that. It makes sense. So Psalms chapter 81, verse 10, it says this. It says, I am the Lord your God who brought you up out of Egypt. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. But my people would not listen to me. Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own devices. If my people would only listen. Everybody say, listen. To me, if Israel would only follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe before him and their punishment will last forever. But you would be fed with the finest of wheat, with honey from the rock I would satisfy you. Everybody say open wide. The Bible says here, open wide your mouth. Why? Because I will fill it. Open wide your mouth 
so that God can fill you with what he wants to fill you with. And the word of God says, you know, it talks about the Israelites. If the Israelites would have just listened, if they would have just listened, after they got out of slavery, if they just listened, things would have been so much easier for them. He said their enemies would have been defeated if they would have just listened. And then at verse 16, this is why we, we open wide our mouth because we want God to give us all that he has. But in the end of this portion of text, verse 16 says, you would be fed with the finest, everybody say finest, finest, finest of wheat, which means... If you listen to who God is, if you listen to the voice of the Lord because you're craving him, you will have the finest of wheat. You'll be fed the finest of wheat. And what that means, a little illustration for me that helps me, is I don't have to go to Giant and go buy the Giant brand bread, okay? Because God's going to give you the Pepperidge Farm bread for $4 a loaf, okay? You don't have to live on just the name brand stuff, the general, sorry, the general name brand stuff. He'll give you the finest the finest is what you and I should be living on. And now I'm not saying this all as like, oh, financial prosperity and, oh, you should always, no, I only deserve steak. I get steak for dinner. We go buy steak all the time. Let me explain something to you. God wants to give you more than I bet that you already have. Let's just put it that way. What you think is where you're supposed to be, I guarantee you, you're supposed to be here. Okay? God wants to continue to grow you and I like crazy. The question is, are we still growing? If you're not craving who God is, then you've settled for just the least. God doesn't want you just to have the least. He says it right there. He says, if you just open your mouth, which means if you just crave me, I'll feed you. And I'm not going to give you just the giant bread. I'm going to give you the nice $4 pepperidge farm bread that you desire. Okay? I don't know. I'm just saying. The little illustration that came up to my head is, no, not that I deserve any of it, because we don't. You and I don't deserve anything. We don't deserve anything. But when God fills you, he should be allowed to bless you. He should be allowed to give to you. So it's our time as Christians, followers of our heavenly king, our creator, would you just simply start opening wide your mouth and allow God to fill you. Third point, and last one, first one was, Crave the word of God. This one was open wide your mouth. The last one is seek righteousness. Psalm chapter 63 to Psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. He says, you God are my God. Earnestly I seek you and I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there's no water. Oh, if you and I would earnestly seek and thirst after God. Like literally want more of God. What would your life be like? that we would start craving nothing less than the word of God. Nothing less than your relationship with God. I'm sick and tired, and I'm just straight up and honest, I'm sick and tired of people saying, well, the Bible doesn't really specifically say I can't or I can do certain things. I think you and I, as followers of God, if you really want to experience great awakenings in your personal life, in your family life, let's stop trying to see what I can and what I can't do. Why don't you do what God tells you to do? Why don't you look to the scripture and why don't you heed to caution rather than, well, let me just push the envelope. Because when you push the envelope, that's when you mess your life up and then you guys get upset at or we, because I've been there, we get upset at God. When God's, well, I never told you to go that far. If you would have just listened, you would have saved yourself all that. It's so important, friends, just listening to the word of God. 
But you wouldn't be able to know that if you're not craving the word of God. So you and I, we all, I believe we all can improve how much we desire God. I think of Elijah. Elijah was fed by the ravens when the land was in a drought and a famine. Do you think Elijah would have just taken that bread? I think Elijah desired God even when there wasn't a famine. I think Elijah prayed to God and wanted nothing more than God. But God said, I'll give you the food too when everyone else can't get it. Then you have Daniel. He's worshiping and praying God. He desired God long before King Nebuchadnezzar said, you can't do that. You can't pray. Daniel pretty much said, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want. And that's to serve God. And that's what I'm called to do. And he still prayed three times a day. He didn't back down. You think he would have backed down if he didn't desire God before the law? You see, as individuals here right now in our time that we live in, we need to desire God today. Not because we can, but because there might be a day you might not be allowed to publicly. And you know what? You can simply say, I don't care what you say. The word of God is the word of God. And you don't need to be afraid of it unless you're not lined up with it. So the word of God is so important for you and I. And we need to start craving it and then watch what God does in your life. A few last verses that I think would be good for us to all memorize. Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Matthew 5 verse 6, Blessed are those who will hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. You'll be blessed if you hunger and thirst after righteousness. If you hunger and thirst to do what's right, to do what God says in his word. You'll be blessed, and then there again, you'll be filled. And lastly, in Revelation chapter 21, verse 6, he said to me, and this is the words of Christ, it is done, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give to the one who thirsts from the spring of the water of life without cost. God is the Alpha and the Omega. What he says will happen. If you and I would just raise our expectation from God and enlarge our desire toward him sky's the limits friends sky's the limit if we all started to crave the word of god so what are you craving this morning we sang the last song set a fire and we sang the last portion it says no place i'd rather be it hits me every time we sing that song i do enjoy that little portion which says no place i'd rather be because there's nothing like i love my family i love going home on a sunday morning and just vegging out trying to relax. Uh, I love watching a movie with the kids. You know, I enjoy that. But to know that heaven, I should desire that more than that. Does that make sense? Desiring that there's no place I'd rather be right now than in the presence of God. That's hard to fathom. It's hard to get our head wrapped around because we live in today what we see. But reality is there is going to be no place like heaven. And that's going to be the best place that you'll ever experience when and if you get there. God is so awesome. And he wants all of us to do amazing things on this side of heaven. If he didn't, he wouldn't have created you. If he didn't, we would act like puppets. He believes in you so much, but you've got to desire and crave him. Because when he sees that, he's going to give you the good gifts. He's going to take care of you. He's going to use you in a crazy, mighty way that you would look back and say, wow, I've been missing out all this time. So what are you craving this morning? What are you craving? Let's bow our heads. Father God, I thank you for this message. I thank you, God, that you are instilling into us this desire.
desire, this passion to serve you. I pray, God, that everyone that hears my voice right now, God, in this place, that this week they would have a moment that they would just start desiring and craving, having this deep longing for who you are. Not because they're going through a hard time, but Father God, because they just want more. They want to study scripture. They want to know more about you. Father God, I pray that that would just be a ripple effect in their life. And Lord God, that they would start something new in their family, start something new in their workplace, that God, great signs and wonders will follow each person as they crave the word of God. So God, strengthen us. Fill us up, Lord God, that we might do amazing things for you. We love you in your precious and holy name. And everyone said, amen. Amen.